Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third series of The Human Podcast a place to hear extraordinary human stories that celebrate the limitless potential of human beings. This podcast is dedicated to honouring our experiences of transformation, our ability to live through, live with and beyond the inevitable devastations and renewals of living. So often, our personal stories of tragedy and survival are left untold, hidden behind the facade of ordinary life. Human has been created to make them more seen, more heard and more celebrated. Because I believe, within them, we can all feel more connected to our shared humanity. So if the world is feeling like a dark or difficult place, join us and let your heart be ignited by the fire of the human spirit. So where, where quite frankly, to begin with the greatness of the the man, the legend that I have with us today. Um, Solomon Smith is founder and director of the legendary Bricks and Soup Kitchen. The Bricks and Soup Kitchen was founded in 2013 to provide the sanctuary of community space, food, drink, warmth and a place of belonging to some of the most vulnerable people in the community, including many local families who are homeless or living below the poverty line. The Soup Kitchen is known not just as a place, but as a feeling which is created by the heart, soul and humanity that Solomon and his dedicated team tirelessly generate for its service users every single day. Just the year after it was founded, Solomon was awarded South London's Our Heroes Award for the transformational impact the Soup Kitchen was quickly established for having for its immediate service users and for the wider community. The story of the Bricks and Soup Kitchen is one which embodies all that is best of humanity. And it is even more incredible when you know the story of the man, the legend who founded it. Solomon is a lifelong Brixtonian who was raised on Moreland's estate, which Solomon you describe as being one of the most notorious notorious estates in Brixton. Coming from Moreland, you have said, the world expects you to fail. So therefore, it is just such an incredible privilege, Solomon, to have some time today with you hearing your story, your incredible story, the story of the soup kitchen. Um, so I know you are one of the world's most busiest pe- people. So I also want to say thank you for joining us, <laughs> making the time. 
<laughs> and before before we say anything else, Solomon, how are you today? How are you today, my oh, love? I'm fine. Literally, right now is because it's coming approaching to Christmas. Is like our most busiest, busiest time. So literally, right now is just you know twenty four seven sending. Shouldn't be doing it. We're sending emails at three, four, five o'clock in the morning, just trying to see how we can just make people smile for Christmas. You know what, Solomon, when I sent you a message this morning just to check in about the podcast, I could see the last time you were online was five past four this morning. And I was like, <laughs> what were you doing at five past four this morning? <laughs> now we know. <laughs> Brilliant. So so for our listeners, I also have to declare an interest here, which is that Solomon is 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 very much part of, you know, what I feel to be my extended family because you know he and his co-director of the Soup Kitchen, Mohammed Hashi, who's also featured on on this podcast in series one, were two of my dear late mother's most treasured, most respected, adored friends and collaborators of more than twenty five years. Um, and it was a friendship that was formed, Solomon. I know when you were just a teenager. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there is a lot of history, a lot of love here to begin this time together. And, you know, Solomon, just, just to start us off, because it just gets me every time. I mean, I've heard you speak so beautifully about this, about how you and my mum met. Yeah. Um, and it's a story that you told to more than 2,000 people at her memorial service to pretty much a standing yeah. ovation. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's just so beautiful and it does take us back to quite a kind of key moment in your journey and I suppose even the very beginnings of what the soup kitchen has gone on to be so would, yeah. you, would you would you be happy just to tell us that that little story to yeah. start yeah. so um I remember it was more it was it was the time it was probably like it was it was easily the the 2000s has not hit yet you know, and I remember um, I was at the time of my estate where, you know, there was nothing to do. We called it the Matrix. So we'll literally wake up, sit on the same spot, playing pound up, having stolen mopeds, having stolen cars. And for us, we saw that as entertainment. We didn't see it as criminal damage. We didn't, we didn't know it was going to affect our family. And I remember from maybe you know, 90, 98, 99, when, um, you know, when we was just, you know, just youths on the estate or Mullins estate, not really having much to do. And we was just literally waiting for someone to come on, on the estate with a stolen moped because literally for us, that would be, that's like a day out for us, literally. You know, police wouldn't really come on the estate. You know, there wasn't really much CCTV, and for us, that's what that's what we kind of just used as you know as adventure. Mm. And um, I remember waking up into darkness, and I was like, you know, why is my house in darkness? Where the council has boarded my house, and they gave us a letter saying we're going to get a thing called an ASBO. And I was like, what's an ASBO? Mm. They said you have a meeting today in. Um, the times these were um they were called like housing offices so we never really had like going to the council if you needed any problems it was on the estate there was a house what was literally made to an housing office and they said you got a meeting there today at three o'clock um about you basically moving out the estate because you're basically creating a nuisance mm. 
And um, I remember just sitting there, not really caring, you know, because I was like, you guys don't care, so why do we care? And then there was, and then I think um, they just said, you know what, you've got a week. You're going to have to pack all your stuff and, you know, you're going to go into a hostel. My, you know, my mum was stressing. She was saying, look what you've done. You guys just playing around and you've got, you've kind of got us, you know, being kicked out of our house. And then one of the workers there was like, you might need to contact one of your local MPs. And we was like, that's not going to work. Why is a local MP going to care about us people from the estate? This is like the most grimiest estate in Brixton. Why are they going to care? So literally, um, I think um, my mom wrote a letter. And then we don't know who the letter went to, but then we got a letter sent back. But the letter that we got sent back it was an ordinary paper. The paper was like thick. It looked official. <laughs> and my mum was like, this woman is actually willing to help and she wants to come down. So we was like, okay, you know, we've get all of these people who's gonna say that they're gonna help and they don't really help out. Remember we had literally like a week left before they before we had to move out. So we had to go to one of her surgeries. I think it was in, I don't know if it was in Herne Hill, but then we just met a small lady and she was just there literally helping everyone. And to me, it just reminded me of Mother Teresa, of just seeing a lady who was just very small (laughs) and she had a room of like 100 people and she was like, no one here is going to leave upset. And she actually meant her word. Like, everybody left there just saying, thank you so much. You really was really helpful. (laughs) And for me, I was just like, wow, like, how did she have all this power? And when when we literally had to meet with her, my mum showed her the letter. And then she was just like, all right, forget about the Asbo and whatever. She said, Solomon, why are you doing this? And I said, I'm doing this because there's nothing on my state. There's no youth clubs. They've ripped down all the blocks and we have nothing to do. Mm. I wake up every day and it is the exact same matrix. One o'clock to, to 11 o'clock, we're doing the exact same thing every day. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to come down and we're going to see what we can do. So she come down and she, this was like literally the next day. And I was like, oh my God, like she actually came down. And I remember when she come down, there was like bodyguards. They literally had to <laughs> the estate first. They literally had to make sure they say that the estate was safe. And the way how she was, she was like, no, I want to see how the other side is really living. I want to see what these young people are actually going through, why they are saying, because I believe the young people are not being heard. Mm. And she was like, I want to go into the youth clubs. I want to go into all of these centers. I want to stay with you guys to see what you guys do on a day-to-day basis. And she literally stayed with us. She saw us literally just on the estate. And she was just like, is this what you guys do every day? And we're like, yeah. So she was like, so if you guys 
wasn't here? What would you really want to do? And I was like, I really want to be a youth worker. I really want to work with my community. I really want to do this. And she was like, do you know what, Solomon? I'm going to make it happen. You know, so she got she got the ASBO removed. But then at the exact same time, she kept in contact where it wasn't a thing where you you meet, you have to speak to her, their assistant, assistant to get to her. She said, Solomon, this is my number. And it's the exact same number I have in my phone till today. Mm. She said, anything you need, let me know. Literally. And she was just so amazing on, even though she was working very hard to do what she wanted to do, she literally gave time for people who would have never thought that they would ever have time that she would even give time for. Solomon, it's just the most Mm. beautiful beautiful story in it and and it's um and from that moment as I said it was one born from that was one of the most cherished friendships that she had in her whole life and I I said this to Mohammed but you know the message that she sent to you boys just a mm. few days before she died was one of the last messages she sent to anybody yeah so you know it was very 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 special relationship which I am now such a lucky you know, feel so yeah. lucky to to be a part of as mm. well, and yeah. you know, this it's, it's interesting because hearing you tell that tell that story, there's so much intersectionality really with with the point at which your your journey, you know, mm. in, into a world of you know community leadership, activism, you know, the the beginnings of the soup kitchen yeah. are, are starting to happen in that story that you've just yeah. described, yeah. haven't you? And um. So if you yeah if you if you can take if you could take us back back to the beginning Solomon because I feel you're you're starting to get there with this yeah you know so the the beginning of of the journey with the soup kitchen I'm not saying the minute you got the keys to the door but what yeah. was the moment inside you that sparked the inspiration to 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 make this incredible community project a reality? Yeah. So for me it kind of goes way back until when I was probably around eleven or twelve. Mm. For me, on my estate, you know, especially on council estates, this that there could be a thousand houses and they all look the same. And you know, when you go into your house, you know, everybody's room is in the same room. The mom's room is always the biggest room. The front room is the front room. The kitchen's the kitchen, and that is literally the way how it is on council estates. So when I'm going to my friend's house, I'm expecting them to have a sweetie cupboard, to have a cupboard with biscuits, to have a <laughs> cupboard with... Because I had that, mm. you know? I was expecting my my friends to have mum and dad at home because I had that. Mm. I was expecting my friends to have PlayStation and, 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 and trainers because I had that. So when I was going to my friend's house from about 10, 11, they didn't have that. Mm. They literally was at home with their grandma, who were too old to look after them, or there was a lot of friends who didn't have no parents at all. Mm. They literally had to fend for themselves because their parents was on Brixton. So Brixton Hill was notorious for prostitution. Mm. And for us, you know, even though it sounds absolutely crazy, it was quite the norm. Mm. Because a lot of the times when our friends needed money to kind of, you know, you know, to, to, to eat food, we had to go to Brixton Hill to meet their mum to get money for the week. 
literally. And for me, you know, I had my mum, my dad, my sisters, and my brothers at home, where we all, if we needed to get pocket money, we had to do chores. So we had to wash up the dishes, to hoover, wipe down the skirting boards. And I remember I saved up, I think I'd done about three, four weeks of chores, and I saved up about 15 pounds. And I literally went over to my friend's house and he literally didn't have egg, baked beans, nothing in his in his household. Where I was like, no, come, let's go shopping. So I literally took took him shopping where we was able, so um the shopping at the time was called Quick Save. So Quick Save, you can get a things, you can get um the labels called like in Tesco's it's called um, um Tesco value, but in Quick Save it used to be called No Frills. So mm. no frills, you can basically get biscuits for like 8p, baked beans for like 13p. And literally I done like a whole week shopping with like 15 pounds. And my parents didn't have a clue where where my chore money was going, where they didn't know I was literally feeding a family. So literally I kind of used to take them shopping and, you know, going into Woolworths, stealing. You know, and these weren't, this wasn't stealing for sweets and stealing chocolate. They were stealing school uniform. Mm. If they did not go and steal school uniform, they literally would go to school after the six weeks holiday or any half term with the same uniform they had um, um, before they broke up. Mm. So we was, so we was used, guys, we've got two more days before school. I know my parents is gonna go and buy me my full school um full um school uniform set, but it, my friends whose parents were being prostitutes and living with grandma, they just literally didn't have the money or the resources to. So we literally had to take it upon ourselves to say, "Come, let's go Brixton. Mm. Come, let's go and try and see where we can get your school uniform." So when I literally left school. You know, I went, I, I literally went straight into kind of doing youth work, working with um, um, young people in gangs, trying to get them to kind of stay away from, from, um, from you like selling drugs, walking around with knives, walking around with guns, and just kind of just finding a medium of them to put in their mindset, if you can sell drugs, you can start up a business, but then you can start up a, you can start up a, um, a proper legal business you know um i done that for about for about six seven years and then i approached tessa i think we um we was doing um tessa jow said to me i'm gonna bring the olympics to the uk i said huh <laughs> i literally every time when i was watching the olympics i hands on my heart thought it was always in the uk <laughs> So every time when I was watching the TV, I thought it was every time when they were saying, oh, the Olympics, da 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 da, I thought I was literally watching it live in the UK. So when she was saying, Solomon, my plan is to bring the Olympics to the UK, I was confused. <laughs> I was thinking, is it going to be a new stadium? Is it going to be a bigger stadium than the stadium that is already in? And then that's when she was like, no, it's been in other countries. It's not been in the UK. And I was like, okay. So um, she was saying, Solomon, I want you to come. So I went to a lot of these meetings. 
we went over to where the stadium did. At this time, it was just wasteland. It was just a big wasteland. She says, we need the stadium here. She took me to all these meetings. I didn't have a clue what they was talking about. There was this saying, do you reckon you can do it? And she said, yes, yes. And then I remember when she said to me, Solomon, it's happening. It is now <laughs> going to be okay. And I think this was like, I swear this was like 98, 99, because the, the, at the Olympics was 2012, I think it was. Yeah, so the bid, the bid was in uh, 2007. Yeah. And I remember she told me years ago before. Yeah, this she was, was. It was, it was yeah. just a conversation and I was just <laughs> like, okay, all right. Honestly, for more, then, than ten, more than 10 years before it yeah. happened, she was, yeah. she was behind yeah. the scenes, yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, I just remember, I just remember her just like, um, saying, yeah, you know, we want you to run, um, to do the running in, in, in Brixton to hold the torch. You know, again, I didn't know when, I, I just, for me, I was just a guy who was just from Brixton and all I knew was Brixton. I did not know nothing outside of Brixton. So when she was bringing me to these meetings, I've never been to these meetings in my life. So I didn't know the jargon. I didn't know how they was talking. I was just like, there's this people in suits he's making decisions here and 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 that's and that's how i that's how i saw it and i remember kind of going to her probably like 2011 to 2012 and i was like i really want to start my own my own soup kitchen and she was like do you know what you've we always focus on community and young people but we forget about homeless people. And I said, yeah, because homeless people is in our community as well. And she was like, Solomon, I am going to fully back you. I'm going to fully back you. Just let me know. I said, Tessa, please, all we need is just a, all we need is just a center. And that's when literally we got the center in, in, in the Moorlands estate. And then I think um, it went well. And then she said, and then I said to her, we need a bigger center because right now we did not know it was going to grow this big. And she was just like, okay, um, I'm going to get someone to help you with your policies and procedures. So so, she, so I got help with the policies, um, help with the bank account, registering as a charity. And then she was like, let's look for a bigger building. And literally that's where we are now in the Domino Club. <laughs> and, you know, she helped us to kind of, um, to reach out to surprise, surprise. What, what, what helped us with with the kitchen, um, with City Bank, who helped us to do the back garden. You know, it was just the push. Once we said to people, Tessa Jow, they said, okay, dokey, um, <laughs> that's all you need. And yeah, you know, and we was just so good that, you know, when we was, when, when, when we're working, when we're working with like people who we've not kind of ever knew how to deal with, we just said, Tessa, could you come down? <laughs> she was like, yep, give me the time and the place. I'm there. And literally, you know, we just, we, just being, know how, we just didn't know the jargon. You're being so, you're being so unbelievably generous and kind, like, you know, really sort of 
honouring like the role that she she did play. But my God, it's been led centre and front by you and yeah. your team since the beginning. And you know, she yeah. she just you know she you know she, anything that you turned your hand to, she was going to be there behind you because she just you know she knew what an extraordinary person and an extraordinary community community leader you are and you know everything that the soup kitchen has done and this is what she'd want me to say back to you it wasn't because of her it's because of you <laughs> because of what you've done what your amazing team have done you know since the very very mm. very beginning and um you know it's what it's nine coming up to nine years now since the soup kitchen yeah. was founded next year it'll be it'll be it 10 years in 2013 right yeah 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 and um oh it's just it's just such it's just honestly every time i hear you tell this story it just it just lights up lights up my heart solomon but you know like i said this is very very much you know it's it's, it's about what you have led from this from from the front since since the very beginning and as you say you know the, the genesis of the idea for the soup kitchen was being woven in those very very early years of your teenage life you know bearing witness to what so many of your like friends and you know people within your community were living through and living with and you know so much what I can see in terms of what you've shaped at the soup kitchen is about you know being able to meet the needs of so many different types of vulnerable person you know and as you say whilst of course you you know primarily it's there to help address like food poverty and homelessness yeah. there's also a lot yeah. of other outreach that you're doing as well isn't isn't yeah. there yeah yeah um which is just mm. amazing so sort of one of your one of your catchphrases which i which i hear you say um what which i've heard you say often is that you aspire to inspire yeah <laughs> so tell us yeah. a little bit more about that yeah so for us you know um like i said before you know we wasn't trained to 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 do what we do we just literally just do what we do because we know best because of the hardship that we grew up in and a lot of the time when people grow up on these estates and they grow up on council estates they believe there's only certain there's only so much we can achieve and for us you know we just we're just so happy any events we go to and people see us people's just like you guys are like celebrities and they don't mean that in a celebrity way where you're just an artist and you've done great and you're just a multi-millionaire. You're a celebrity where you've come from, you've come from the gutter. You've made something and you're supporting and you're helping people. And to have that upon us is absolutely amazing. And this is why we always say to inspire, to inspire, because we're inspiring ourselves but we're also inspiring other people to believe that, you know, when, so like when we're doing talks in schools, we're saying to people, you guys are going to be the next ones. You know, we're going to be old and dusty. You know, you guys are going to be the, 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 new, the new formation of the UK, mm. you know, and we're here to inspire you. There's so many people that come up to me and then they say, you come to my school five years ago. And that's, and, and that's stuck with me ever since. And that is the best feeling in the world. So tell us a little bit more about the, the, the youth work and stuff that you've, you've done, Solomon. So, um, yeah, so from, um, from the age of, from the age of 
full team. Again, from from being in 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 Mourner's estate, I was walking around, and I was like, okay, so I see that this person is always barbecuing. Okay, um, I'm walking around, and I'm saying this person's always on their decks playing music, and this is an everyday occurrence. This lady is always outside doing hair, and the ice cream truck comes in every day at four o'clock. So I could, so I was like, how can I put this and make this into a community event? We've got a massive football pitch. How can I get all of this to be in one event? And I literally just said, you know what? The man who does the barbecue, come Saturday, next Saturday, bring your barbecue, I'll buy the chicken and come to this spot. Music man, bring in music, I'll give you £20 to put onto the electric just so you can do the music, bring the music. You know, this person who does hair, do free hair. Just do free hair. You know, I always see you out here doing hair. And from that event is when I realised the amount of cultures we had in our state who we've never seen before. Mm. The amount of people that I've never seen in my estate before. Mm. And I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. So for me, it was more, it was more me saying, it's I need to be the one who needs to create the change. Because if I sit down and try to wait for the change, I don't think that would have ever happened. Mm. Now, me, I've got learning difficulties. So I suffer severely with dyslexia. And I knew that from a very young age that, you know, I find it very hard to read and write. So when I was in school, I think I was in year 10, and I watched my I watched my tutor organising a trip to Fort Park. And I was like, okay. He just said, hi, my name is Miss Richards, and I'm from Kingsdale School. Um, there's 45 kids here who would never experience going to Fort Park. And we wanted to know if you can donate um, tickets they donated the tickets so I was like okay let me go home and try that now remember we didn't have google we did all we had was yellow pages so I went on there looked for Alton Towers because I was because Alton Towers for us is like going to Disneyland mm. a lot of people on special council estates will not be able to afford it that is a thing where someone has to save up to go to Alton Towers. People in my state would never even think that they would even experience going to Alton Towers. Now, remember, I said I was in year 10, yeah? So I called up and I was like, hello, my name is Solomon Smith and I'm the lead youth worker for Moreland's Estate. Remember, we had no community center in our estate. So I'm just there going, hello, yeah, my name is Solomon Smith and I'm the lead youth worker for Moreland's Estate. And I wanted to know if there's any way you can donate 50 tickets um, for young people who would never experience going to Orton Towers. Orton Towers was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we donate, we'll donate Amazing. 50 tickets. I was like, wow, how did I just do that? Remember, I can't read all right. So I'm thinking, I'm already thinking I'm a failure because everyone around me is able to read, they can tell stuff, I can't. So I'm thinking, how am I going to get 
50 people to Alton Towers from Brixton. So I'm on the yellow pages again and I'm looking for coach. Now, I'm thinking coach has spoke with a K. So I'm in K, looking for coach. I can't find coach. And I'm like, huh? So I went out Brixton. And I literally just waited in Brixton. I had my bus pass and I had my pencil. And I waited for a coach to drive past. A coach drove past. And that's when I realized coach was spelled with a C. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and literally, I took down the number. I went home. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm Solomon Smith. I'm the one of the lead youth workers for Moorlands Youth Community Centre. And we've been donated. 50 tickets from Alton Towers, but we've got no means of getting there. So I wanted to know if you guys can donate us a coach to leave from Brixton at six o'clock in the morning and to arrive probably at eight o'clock at night. They said, yeah. And I said, oh my God, (laughs) how did I do this? And literally, I literally just went to my state made posters and I just said guys first come first serve basis free it's going to be Alton Towers you know I just got the logo and you know just having the logo the Alton Towers logo will sell itself I said it's, it is absolutely free you know I just want people and families to experience this and literally when we got to Alton Towers they said oh could I speak to the to the lead worker here and I said I'm the lead youth worker. They said, sorry, how old are you? I said, I'm 14. They said, how did you organize all of this? I said, I don't know, I've, I've just done it. <laughs> when I was in Alton Tower seeing so many families with smiles on their faces, thinking like, there was, they felt that there was in Disneyland, Florida. There was like, I cannot believe I'm here. And that's when I sat down and I was like, I can make something, I can do something. You don't have to read, you don't have to write. I was I was able to achieve something. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you know, I literally done, um, I done youth courses and I done training. I done my essentials to youth work. And then from doing my essentials to youth work, got me a job working for Lambeth Youth Council. And then I worked for Lambeth Youth Council as a youth worker for 16 and a half years. And then the council put me onto university. Um, and then, you know, that's when I was diagnosed with severe dyslexia at university. So they helped me with, um, I got a tutor who helped me with kind of like writing down my essays for me. Um, I got a book reader that book that reads books they gave me internet, they gave me a laptop, they gave me Dragon, so I can actually talk into the mic and it would write it up for me. And, you know, those are the same essentials that I use till today because, mm. you know, if an email comes in, I can't read it. Mm. So I have to use these softwares that literally reads the emails to me so I know if you've got a corporate coming in, if you've got a donation, you know. I'm funny enough, I got a letter. So the letter come to the soup kitchen, it was from Open University. Now for me, I know more logos than words. So if you just said Open University, I would have had a clue what it was. Mm. So when I saw the Open University logo, 
I was just like, okay, maybe they're asking me for money for my student loan. You know, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay it, but, you know. And then they literally, um, one of my friends read the letter to me. I said, please read it to me because, you know, hello, I can't read. Um, he read the letter to me and then they said they're um, going to award me with my master's. Oh, my God. Literally. And for me, it was just just mind-blowing that I never, ever thought, coming from the estate that I'm from, the things that I've seen, the things that I had to do with stealing from shops to, to feed my friends, to, to, to put clothes on their backs, for me to actually now help the community, put back into the community, leaving school with no GCSEs because the school couldn't identify what problems I had. Mm. And for me to who, still in my 30s, find it hard to read and write to actually being awarded my master's has been like literally one of the highest achievements that's ever happened to me in my life. Oh, Solomon, honestly, that's just absolutely <laughs> incredible. When did you hear this news? Um, this was, I think this was like 2000, literally about, this was about, literally about three, three years ago. Wow. Have you been, yeah. did you go to, was there a ceremony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You send me pictures? <laughs> no, most definitely, most definitely. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. With Solomon, you know, it's just everything that you describe is just how, and you said you said it earlier on, it's about be the change. It's deeds, not words. It's being yeah. led by the heart and then just taking action, you know, not, not, you know, just, just the story that you told about going down to Brixton and just waiting for a coach to come by. I mean, it's just the most beautiful expression of direct action yeah. <laughs> and making things happen in the world. And it's, and it's how you change the world around you, Solomon, and everything that yeah. you do. And it's just, it's just so incredible. And you said, I've heard you say something before, which 
I think is so true and but I'd love for you just to kind of speak to us a little bit more for it you said you know finding finding meaning is being part of something bigger than you mm. and I'd love for you just to tell me a little bit more just to reflect on that a little bit more for us yeah so um I remember where um I'd literally be in my house you know it'll be raining hard and you know I find it very comfortable you know you know I love rain you know, especially when I'm in my house, I'm warm, you know, I'm just maybe on the laptop, I'm on the PlayStation, I find it very comfortable. But then I, then something hit me and I was just like, this is your best time, but this is somebody's worst time because they're literally outside, find, trying to find shelter, don't know how long it's going to rain for, you know, all this stuff that they have is probably getting wet. And I literally could not stop thinking about homeless people so i remember you know i i i didn't fully understand at the time but i was literally waking up with like i don't know if it was god talking to me but you know sometimes when god talks to you it sometimes don't make sense you know so i was just like every time when he says something to me I'm going to write it down on a post-it note and I'm going to pull it on my wall. And literally for about a month, I've put a month worth of post-it notes on my wall and it said homelessness, donations, center, supporting people, help people, help the elderly, go around the world. And this is when I was kind of putting things together and I was just like, it's still not making sense, but the main thing was making sense is to help and make change. And that's when I was like, I want to start up a soup kitchen. So when I started up the soup kitchen, I thought it was just going to be something, you know, I've just handed in my dissertation and I'm thinking now, yep, I want to, I want to do youth work full time now. I want to be a manager of a youth club. So by the time I get by, I need to wait for my results to come. So while, while I'm waiting, I want to start a soup kitchen until, until I finish. And then literally the day, I had, the day I handed in my dissertation and started the soup kitchen, my life has never been the same. Mm. It's literally been on straight goal. It's been on straight support. It's been the amount of families and people that we're working with is when I literally sat down and I said, this is bigger than me. Mm. This is bigger than something that I started. This is way bigger than something that was just an idea. This is people's livelihood. This is people, people come here to not just eat food. People come here because this is their safe haven. Mm. And when we was literally speaking to a lot of the homeless people, you know, this is the reason why on lockdown, we find it very hard to be on lockdown. Because we was like, people really need us. Mm. People really need our service, you know? So we just decided, you know, especially on lockdown, we just said, we're not going to have people in the centre, but we need to kind of go where they are. Yeah. They need to kind of know that we still care, Yeah. you know? And, and that was one of the main reasons why I always said, you know, you create something, it just gets way bigger than you, where you need to realise that, you know, you've put, you know, you put the wheel, you put the wheel in motion, and right now you just need to just ride it and just try to get support. Mm. You know, Solomon, there's something. It's just making me remember that 
something that you and I've heard you and Mohammed say so often when you reflect on, on, on what the soup kitchen does for its community. And you said, you know, when we first opened, we thought it was about food, but then we realised it was about creating a sense of belonging for people and a place for people to come and feel like they were, you know, a place that they belonged, you know, somewhere, yeah. you know, where they can come and, you know, everybody knows your name and, you know, yeah. somewhere that feels like an extension of, of, of home and it just tapping into that, you know, that absolutely fundamental human need to have to, to have a place which is safe, a yeah. place which feels like, you know, people care about you, that, you know, that you matter in the world, you know. Most deaf, most deaf, you know, and this is why, you know, we always say to people, you know, you know, sometimes you might have a plan on kind of doing something, but you never know where that plan will take you. It would mm. literally take you from plan A to B to S. Mm. And you're like, how do we get there? And it just it's just the law of the land. Literally, like, you put something in motion, it will take you right over there. Mm. And for us, you know, we were just thinking about, yeah, you know, homeless people just want food. Yeah, man, that's all they want is, all they want is the good meal. Where we realise that we're giving them a hot meal and they're like, I don't want a hot meal, but the conversation you've given me has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, and then we was just like, wow. We thought it was a meal. And the conversation we had on them, them just saying what they used to do. And this is the reason why we love going to elderly homes. Love it. Because the stories that they've witnessed and they've experienced is amazing mm. and sometimes they said i feel so much better just having a conversation with yeah. you and this is when we realized the world works on conversation and just being there for people yeah exactly mm. people always think oh it's about gifts it's about money oh my God, it's my birthday, I need a gift, I need a gift. Sometimes just having a conversation, because I always say to people, you know when people die, people just say, I wish I can talk to them. They don't say, I wish I can buy them a gift. They say, I wish I can just have a conversation. And this is why people need to seem to understand conversation is the best method of help mm. literally you know i've got a lot of friends that their parents are not here and i always say to them so what would you want they just say i just want to have a conversation with my mom they don't say oh my god i want to try my mom's food i want oh my god the gifts they were giving me was amazing they always just say i want to have a conversation mm. and this is when we realized conversation is the best method of 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 everything mm. well the right conversation on the right day can be something that saves your life literally 100%. you know it really and it really can be so solomon you know we're moving into an incredibly incredibly busy and challenging time for you and for a lot of your surface users and community as we move into christmas and so i just wanted to say i'm sure 
I'm in no doubt that, you know, our, so many of our listeners will be so moved and so inspired by what they've heard from you today. So if if there are people which are keen to know how to help, which I'm sure there are, um, what's the best way that they can, what's the best way that they can do that? Um, yeah, so the um, best um, way of contacting us is via email. So we are brixtonsoupkitchen at gmail.com. Um, or they can go on our social Brixton Soup Kitchen but yeah you know so for us we're open on Christmas Day and we also do a massive massive outreach on Christmas Eve leading up to Christmas Day so we give out sleeping bags hats gloves scarves just to you know make people you know feel in their Christmas spirit Mm -hmm. but to also let them know that we're open on Christmas Day as well just so that you know they can come they can get a meal they can get a present you know anything to just you know to keep it Christmassy. <laughs> keep it Christmassy. All right. So Solomon, I wanted to know if there was one person in the world, and they can be living or they can be passed away, that you'd want to be proud of you. Who would that be, and why? Two people: Mother Teresa and Men and Mandela. Oh. And the reason why I say Mother Teresa, because I grew up on everybody saying, oh, you the Mother Teresa. And I was like, why is people why is people saying that? Until I researched what she was doing. And I was just like, this is something what I've always had a dream of doing. I've had a dream of going around the world and curing curing the world. Literally, if it's curing by, you know, feeding or medicating you know and for what she was doing i just don't believe she was praised enough on the amount of people that she's helped you know and plus with nelson mandela as well you know the amount of people whose life he's changed and you know the suffering what he was gone as a black man you know is absolutely you know amazing for me i remember when they said mandela is coming to brixton i have never ever seen brixton celebrate like that in my life oh wow how old were you then when that when when mandela came to brixton i was probably in primary school but what an amazing thing to happen at such a young age wow it was it was it was monumental I have never seen Brixton so packed just to get a glimpse, just to get a glimpse of a world leader. For me, it was like, and you know, a lot of the times I'm around celebrities and people just love the stardom of a celebrity. But then when you actually think about why people's amazed about the celebrities, just by probably music or, you know, he's not really changed anybody's life. But when it's done by a world leader, that's when you know it's literally amazing. Solomon, what does courage feel like? Courage feels scared. It feels, you know, when you're about to do something like, I don't know. It could be going on a ride. 
for me, I'm very, very childish. So I lo- I always go back to stuff like theme parks and things that I just love. <laughs> Going on a ride and you're scared, but you really want to do it, but your, your heart is beating. You see that feeling in your heart is basically saying to you, do it. Have the courage just to do it. Mm-hmm. Because we have this in our minds of fear. And the fear we have in our minds is is it it creates us not to do certain things. Mm. So it makes us not start the new business that we want to start. It makes us not want to buy the house that we want to buy. Because we have the fear in our head. It may fail. It this might happen. And then we have friends and family that also puts on that fear. Do you really want to buy that house? Do you reckon you can afford that house? And then, you know, we end up just always being where we, we're always being on square one. But then we look on social media at the people who's on square five and square eight. And we're thinking, how could we not be at square five and square eight? And we're not at square five and square eight because we didn't take that courage. Mm -hmm. So I go back to say the courage feels amazing. <laughs> Failure is amazing. Being successful is equally amazing because the failure, at least you took it to fail to mm. learn how to do it better. But it's way much better, it's way worse from not doing it at all. Mm. Hear, hear to that. Hear, mm. hear to that. Mm. Um, now, Solomon, as we move towards the end of this unbelievably special time with you, um, oh my goodness, um, in true human fashion, we're going to play out with a song that you're going to dedicate to your episode. And I would just love to know what is that song and um, tell us a little bit why. Um, the song for me and this is what I've been playing since the album come out is by a guy called Santan Dave, um, a both sides of a smile. And he tells a little bit why. Um, for me, just uh, maybe it could be it could be my dyslexia, but a lot of the times I might not hear the words. I hear the rhythms and I hear the beats, and that literally takes me to to thinking mode. It takes me onto different plans and different and different um experiences I want to achieve. So yeah, I would definitely, definitely say, please just listen to this song and just try to see if it could take you to where it takes me. Amazing. Solomon, thank you for all you are, for all you do, we love you. So here we have it to play us out. Santan Dave, both sides of a smile. It's okay. I don't care if no one knows my name. Pain is all the same. Even if you think it's all in vain, cause I'm turning.
Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to rate, review and subscribe to us on your podcast app, then please do. And you know the score. Five stars, please. If you'd like to come and say hello on Instagram, then you can find me and all things human podcast related at This Is Jess Mills. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Jess Mills, with creative co-production by Bonnie Tyburn and produced by Joel Porter at dot dot dot. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.